second to last week before the Coptic New Year, the Feast of Nairuz, which we celebrate on September 11th. Because this is the end of the Coptic year, the Church puts in the last two Sundays of the Coptic year uh, passages of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, speaking about the end of times or the end of the world. We warn people all the time about lots of different things, especially like our children, right? We tell them, don't touch this, it's hot, it's going to burn your hand, don't eat that, it's on the ground, it's dirty, button up your jacket or else you're going to get a cold, look both ways before you cross the street. Like as parents, people who take care of children, we give warnings like these to children because we love them, because we care about them. We give them warnings uh, in order to protect them and to prevent them from having uh, or getting into serious harm, right? We give our children warnings to help guide them on the right path, to help keep them or make them become cautious, to make them be alert. We do it for their own good and we do it to teach them. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ today is doing the same thing for us, giving us a general warning about the end of times, saying a few things, first saying, take heed to yourself, and saying to stay awake, to stay up, to watch. And He gives us these, same, the, these warnings with the same intentions that we have when we're giving our children warnings. He does it to protect us from spiritual harm, to protect us from spiritual death. He does it to lead us on the right path. He warns us in order to teach us. So the passage in the Gospel talked about sort of some of the signs of the end of time. There were things like the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple, the emergence of uh, false prophets, uh, people who claim to be Christ, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, persecutions. And our Lord Jesus Christ says that these things are the signs of the end of times. And He gives us, or He's giving us a warning about what the last day is going to be like in order to teach us. He says that after the destruction of the temple and after those tribulations, the last day is going to come. And He gives us a small description. The sun will be darkened and the moon is not going to give its light. Stars will fall and the power of heaven will tremble. And He says also in the midst of all of this, these bad things that are happening, he says he's going to come in the clouds with great power and great glory. And that his full divinity is going to be revealed when he comes back in glory and in power. And why is our Lord Jesus Christ coming back? Why doesn't he just direct all the events of the end of times from heaven? He comes back to get us. He says he's going to send out his angels to gather the elect, you, his people. The passage that we read today doesn't mention sort of our Lord Jesus Christ's uh, tasks of destroying Satan and the demons and the evil angels or to punish unbelievers. He will do those things, but that's not in the passage that we read today. The passage that we read today mentions gathering His elect together, those whom He loved before the foundation of the world, raising our bodies from the dead, or if you're still living, taking you back to be with Him amidst all of this chaos and destruction that is going on. But our Lord Jesus Christ is giving us a warning and a description about the last day. And we see that as He does it, He's teaching and comforting us. If we are faithful believers, if we are faithful believers, His coming is not a bad thing. I'm eagerly awaiting His coming. St. Paul used to say in his epistles, Come Lord Jesus. He's anticipating the second coming. Even in the creed we say the same, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. I'm anticipating the second coming. If we're faithful to believers, His coming is not a bad thing. It's a great thing, we're going to be with Him. And when He's finishing His teachings and warning about the last day, He comes finally to the answer that the disciples asked Him all the way back in verse, in verse 4. He says in verse 4 of the disciples, He says, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled. When is this stuff going to happen? And he finally gets around to answering their question, but he answers it in sort of a vague way. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave them a time frame about the destruction of the temple. Some of this is a prophecy about the destruction of the temple. He says that this generation will by no means pass away until these words are fulfilled. A generation is maybe like about 40 years. Biblical in biblical terminology, when you think of a generation, you think about 40 years. And our Lord Jesus Christ, if He was living around 30 AD, 
the destruction of the temple actually happened in 70 AD. The temple was destroyed. So this was a prophecy about the destruction of the temple, which in fact came to happen. He prophesied about the, the destruction of the temple, and it happened. And he also concludes with a warning. He says, Heaven and earth can pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Then he talks about the day and the hour of the second coming. He says, But concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in His uh, in His human nature, He does not know the time or the day of His return. Saint Athanasius talks about this when he's saying, "I do not know the the day or the hour." He's speaking in human terms, and he's speaking and saying, "As a human, is not my ability or is not in my uh, capacity to to reveal the the day or the hour of the second coming." Our Lord Jesus Christ, of course, being fully divine, is aware of. The second coming, the Holy Trinity is one. They are all aware of the second coming. But in his capacity as a human, his knowledge of the uh, as a human is is not is limited, and actually his ability to say whether or when the second coming is is not in his capacity or is in as authority to say as a human. But our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that there is going to be a second coming and that the the universe, the heavens, the earth, all of these things will pass away, but His word is not going to pass away. His word that promises us all of these things that He's going to come after us to save His elect is going to endure, even when everything else around us does not. Our Lord Jesus Christ is using this warning to guide us to the only thing that will never pass away, that will never perish, Him and His word. Even though we don't know the day of His return, we have one thing that will last and that we can base our lives on, Him, His promises. One of the things He says as a warning to us, I talked about in the beginning, talking about warnings like children. He says, Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. When you say the word take heed, it means to be active, to be alive in my faith repenting of my sin, being in a right relationship with God. So we should keep this in mind when our Lord Jesus Christ starts to use an illustration to talk about the warning for taking heed. He says, It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave the authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, if you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Our Lord Jesus Christ warns us not to be sleeping. Which means not to ignore the fact that He is coming back. It is disbelieving and doubting that fact and living in a way that reflects it. This is what falling asleep means. Disbelieving and doubting the fact of His second coming or living in a way that reflects this. Our Lord Jesus Christ does not want us to find, or want to find us living a life like this in His second coming. But as Christians, sometimes we can be guilty of this. All too often we think to ourselves, He's not coming back soon. He's not coming back during my lifetime. And my behavior can sometimes reflect this. We can be tempted to think that I can prepare my heart, I can change myself, 
I can change my life in the future. And I forget the need to do it today. This is dangerous because we do not know when the last day on earth may be. Or the last day when He will come back. Or our own last day on earth. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to stay active. And to take heed and to stay awake and be ready. And to help with that, He gives us tasks to do while He is gone. To keep us busy, to help us to be ready for His return. We prepare for His coming and we stay awake when we are faithfully living, living in sort of the different seasons and places that God has put us and when we do the things associated with it. Whether it be being a faithful spouse, being a present and intentional parent, being a good and diligent worker, helping a sibling, being a friend, praying for one another. We stay awake until the end of times by telling others about our Lord Jesus Christ, by witnessing to others through our actions and our words. We prepare for His second coming and stay awake by remaining in His word, abiding in His promises. The one thing that He says is going to endure, clinging to His faith. He says, take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. We see the same phrase, phrase take heed, many, many times in Scripture. One of the times that we see it is in the book of Deuteronomy. It says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Take heed to yourselves. Why does he, what is he telling them? What is he telling the people of Israel? He's telling them, pay attention. He's telling them, take care. He's telling them, watch out. There's going to be distractions along the way. And it's going to take effort. Christ in another place in the gospel says, watch and pray always. But you know, he doesn't say to watch worldly events. This is one of the things actually we like to watch very, very closely. When he says, take heed to yourselves and watch, we have to watch what we are allowing ourselves to do, what we're getting ourselves involved in, who our friends are, how much time we are spending on these things. How close is our relationship with God? That's what we have to watch and we have to take heed of. God wants us to sort of jealously protect our spiritual growth. Once we develop sort of this trait of godly character, we have to be careful not to give it up. In Deuteronomy, He was saying, take heed to yourselves, right as they're entering the promised land. Now they've begun. That was supposed to be the beginning of their spiritual life. Take heed to yourselves. God wants us to protect our spiritual growth. Guard the eternal life that has been given to us by God's grace and our efforts. Most of the time, people become deceived because they're not watching what's going on. Something intrudes in your life and you follow it because you don't have the strength to resist. And I've not been watching myself. Take heed to myself requires vigilance. Watch and pray always. Our guard has to be against deception all the time. We have to have sort of like antennas up, making sure that what we hear is true. And if we become deceived, whose fault is it? God or ours? Of course it's ours. Take heed to yourself. He's shown us the way to live. He revealed to us everything we need. He hasn't left anything hidden that we need to know. 
So, if we find ourselves deceived, or if we're tripped up, we're not going to be able to accuse, our, uh, to accuse God. We'll be accusing ourselves. You know, sometimes as we're reading this, when we read about the end of times, it can be interpreted to mean that we should watch closely current events so that we know how close we are to the return of Christ. The idea being, you know, sort of watch the world news, so you begin to see the prophecy unfold, and you can escape the horrors. And this interpretation has led to an entire sort of like sub-community of Christians that claim to try to figure out when is the end of the uh, end of the world. Lots of effort put into sort of commenting on world events, trying to get them into biblical prophecy. Especially, you know, uh, in this past year when we've had so many uh, difficulties during this year, people start to try to interpret what's going on in the world and seeing is this uh, really the end of days or is this the end of the world. The underlying assumption is that God wants us to sort of have our finger on the pulse of sort of the news and this knowledge combined with some prayer will make us worthy to escape all of these things. But actually this is not at all what our Lord Jesus Christ is meaning. If you look back even in the Greek when he says to watch, it has nothing to do with like looking at events or keeping the world news for observation. Even actually if you don't even look at the Greek, you can tell from context that our Lord Jesus Christ has something else in mind. In verse 36, he says, Watch therefore, lest you fire, verse 35, Watch therefore, if you do not know when the master of the house is coming. And he concludes and summarizes about like why, because we don't know when it is, in the evening, the evening, crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. And if you look at the two verses prior to that, he says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell in the face of the whole earth. So our Lord Jesus Christ's message is not watch to figure out what time it's happening. He's saying watch, as in watch ourselves. Watch so that your heart doesn't get weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life, and then that day come on you unexpectedly. His message is not some sort of admonition to watch world events so that we're going to know when He's going to return. His instruction is to watch ourselves. Take heed to yourselves. He's talking about being vigilant about our own spiritual state. Being spiritually awake as we walk through life. The danger is, if we do not watch, if we do not con like continually take stock of our condition, our responsibilities, who we ought to be, God's will in our life, self-indulgence and material concerns can start to distract us. And we find ourselves spiritually unprepared for the end of times. So this passage is not asking us to be glued to Fox News or, C or MSNBC or CNN or any other news source. Actually, there is a subtle danger in being too caught up in current events because it can distract us from more vital spiritual preparation because the day will come and we don't know when. Watching events unfold is not what makes us the elect. That's not what makes us worthy to escape the tribulations. Our cooperation with God as He forms us in His image is what does. So in addition to prayer, we have to be vigilant in our covenant with Him. We have to take heed to ourselves constantly, examining our walk. 
how we're seeking Him, how we're imitating Him. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who prepares us because He paid the price for our sins. He died for us so that we could be His own and be with Him in paradise. He died for us so that we could be ready or make us ready at His second coming. He sends the Holy Spirit to us to create and to sustain our faith so that we can be ready for His coming and that we can stay awake. When we look all around scripture, can find details about the last day and the end of times. The book of Revelation talks about the end of times, that God is making a new heaven and a new earth, describes the battle between God and Satan, talks about how we as God's people are going to be with him in paradise, and how he's going to wipe away all of our tears. With all of this, it makes sense, or it's important for us to Understand, in order to take part in this, in this happy and joyful moment, when God is going to come to take His elect, that we'll have to take heed to ourselves, to watch, to examine ourselves, to take stock of what's going on in our spiritual lives. Our Mother of the Church, today and next week, is trying to remind us to do this, saying, the end of the year is coming. If you haven't looked and examined yourself, now is the time. Treat this end of the year as the end of your life, or as the second coming. Prepare yourself, take heed to yourself, stay awake and watch and be vigilant. May God always find us watching and praying, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.